but about two years ago, I was raped. There's a lot of anger. We're not being manly enough. There are two ideas about safe spaces. My understanding of the world changed. And I felt numb. Are you a man or a mouse? I was alone. I couldn't bring myself to say it. I was lost. All I wanted was to be able to share my experience, what was happening to me with someone. Hey everyone, and welcome once again to Safe Places and Spaces for Men. So this is your leadership development and male survivor resiliency coach, Thomas Edward. And I think this is episode seven or eight or something like that. But coming to you, of course, from Sacramento, California, and uh, just looking outside the, the window today and looking at the nice sunshine, but still cool, a little windy, which is great. It still helps me to feel like I'm a little bit in Seattle. Uh, we could probably use a little bit more rain, of course. You know, in today's episode, what I want to talk about, and if you want to consider this a pep talk or whatever to the male survivors out there, I want to talk about us stepping into our power, us stepping into our, our greatness. You know, when I think about it, there are more than 19 million male survivors out there. Okay, so we definitely are not alone. But I want you to envision this picture with me. I want you to think about if 19 million survivors, 19 million men were to step into their greatness, were to step into their awesomeness, to, to walk in it, what would that look like? So in other words, we've, you know, we've worked through the issues, we've made the commitments to be the best that we can be. Or I want to put it this way when we're talking about walking in our greatness, to be who you were created to be. And what I mean by that is this. So when the abuse took place, we were given, I'm going to call it maybe a distorted view or version of ourselves and who we really are. What if we could, through working through the issues and things, throw that off, walk into our freedom and walk into our power, walk into that greatness? 19 million men doing that. What would that look like? Wow, to me, that's phenomenal, even when I think about it. And what if we're even just to get 5,000, 10,000 men to do that? What would that look like? One million. So today, this is what I want to, to think about, and I want us to kind of even focus on. It's like, oh, okay, Thomas, where is this coming from? So let me share with you. So I've been doing, you know, my usual coaching and working with male survivors, and so I received an email, actually an email last week. And this email was from John. Now, John was one of the first individuals actually that I worked with in 2001. Uh, so I think when I started working with uh, John, John was in his, uh, oh, I think mid-20s. Yeah, something like he was in his mid-20s when I actually started working with John. And this was John was pretty, if you want to say, um, intense <laughs> from the perspective. So John was one of, I guess, I, the first and maybe only clients that I had that he was so into this, so gung-ho, that he actually moved in and became like my roommate so I could actually coach him. <laughs> okay, this was intense. And I can tell you that was one of the most intense coachings I've, I've ever had because that's just where, that's where it was. So... And pretty much, I think he just lived uh, kind of across the, we were in an apartment, I was in an apartment at that time, and he had moved into the apartment next door. And so the coaching was just right, we were right there. And I, I learned a lot, 
and he learned a lot. So anyway, so he sends me an email and he just, you know, it's kind of a blast from the past. And he says, hey, I just want to let you know how things are going. I just want to thank you so much for the coaching all those years ago. And he's like, you know, been able to now have a successful career. He's like, I, I was able to get married. He says, I have, uh, you know, three beautiful daughters. One is graduating from high school right now. And he says, oh, also, by the way, he says, my wife says, thank you for working with me because she said that who I am now, she says she didn't want to meet me. <laughs> Actually, she said before the coaching because she's like whoever I was before. Uh, yeah, she probably wouldn't have dated that person. But I just think about that and how he was able to, if you want to say, step into his greatness, how to step into his power by actually working through the issues. What if we have more people to do that, more male survivors? Okay, so I get that email. Then I get another email, and the email is from Alex. Now, I told you guys a little bit about Alex. Alex is, oh, man. So I also, let's see, I work with Alex. Alex was my uh, first 19-year-old client, the abuse. And so I remember he was doing some some therapy, and his uh, therapist actually recommended him coming to the workshop. And so he came to the workshop. Now, Alex's story is, it's, uh, it has some tragic points to it, but uh, there he was, and I was working with him. And so Alex, he came to the workshop, he came to the retreat, and he was there with all the other guys and stuff. And so we finished the workshop, the retreat, and then everyone goes home. Okay. So Alex is ready to go home because his guardians, his loved ones, his parents, or whatever, were supposed to come and pick him up after the workshop. 19, okay, 19 years old. So what happens is no one shows up. No one shows up to actually pick him up. And why? Because the rest of the family is going on vacation. And they left him there at the workshop. So I was like, wow, what do I do with this? This person doesn't have a place to go to right now. The family left him. He's on vacation. Um, and pretty much it was kind of a way of saying, well, you take care of your stuff. Um, even though, you know, the abuse and stuff was actually, you know, relatives actually in, in the family. And so that was a, a hard one for him to deal with. But I said, you know what, dude, this is what you're going to do. I said, how do you mind? Hey, tell your parents or whoever get back who's ever supposed to pick you up hey just stay here uh, with me i'll feed you whatever and i said you know what we'll just keep working on stuff that's all we'll do we'll just keep working on stuff so um i had my visitor my guest and what would have i guess would have been a week on vacation turned into two weeks right but i didn't scoff at it I'm just like okay we're just gonna do what we can do to help him so two weeks later, he actually goes home, but he goes home a different person. He goes home empowered and transformed. So Alex sends me an email and Alex is doing awesome. He's doing great. Uh, so he's opened his own. I think he has a, a, a studio a business. Uh, he's actually doing well, of course, financially. He's married. He's got kids. And once again, just one of those things he said, and this is what he said in the email that released, that struck me. 
first of all, he said, you know, thank you for helping me. He says, I've never met anyone who had taken somebody they don't even know <laughs> and feed them and take care of them for two weeks because their parents didn't come back to get them. Okay. But he says, this is what I've learned. He says, I keep hearing these words of unconditional love. What, what, what does that look like? And he says, I guess I didn't really get that from my family. And of course, they were part of the, the abusers. He says, but staying with you those two weeks, he said, I finally understood what unconditional love looks like. And not only that, that there was someone out there willing to give me unconditional love. And he says that with the coaching, he's like, this changed my life. You know, and so then he just shared all the different stuff about, you know, being released from a toxic family and just creating his, his own family, creating, you know, his world. And he's doing well and he's thriving. Now, with those two stories, I want you to think 19 million men survivors stepping and walking into their greatness like that. What would that look like? Wow, that's awesome. It's just like almost, I'm getting a little bit choked up because it's awesome. And I've seen it before in the men that I have an opportunity to work with. I'm blessed. I'm blessed that I get to do what I do. And I'm so, I'm so grateful that I just have an opportunity just to put whatever little that I can in, in helping. Now, as we think about 2020 and, and you stepping into your awesomeness, you stepping and walking into your greatness, what does that look like? All right. Well, first of all, here's the thing. Let's just say you're now starting to becoming aware. You're becoming aware that something happened. All right. I need you to move from there. I need you to get that under range. Now, if you go up to the, the website, the website, the website, safeplaceformen.com, I've got several, just depending on what stage you are, maybe you're not aware, then just click on that one that says I'm uncertain not aware and just start reading the things right because there's actually 40 different symptoms when we talk about abuse survivors right and so if all those start clicking or some of those start clicking there might be a possibility right if you're past that then just go to the next one stage 1a well hey i knew some i knew something happened but i'm just having a hard time defining it okay how do i define this what happened and, and then just continue to move from there but i need you to be aware but then not just to be aware, you've got to start doing the work, okay? Defining and, and discovery. And sometimes that's the hardest thing, but that's part of stepping into that power, stepping into that greatness. Here's one thing I wanna share with you when we're talking about this. And this is kind of one of um, my models of, that I've come up with, you know, as working through the things over the year, and that's no regrets, when you do your best, okay? No regrets. Stepping into your greatness, walking into your greatness, it doesn't mean um, achieving, I'm gonna say, some unattainable benchmark, okay? But what it means is you're just allowing the best of who you are to be there, right? You're allowing people to see you, you know, as you shine. I remember with my, um, my dad, and he was a military dad, and so he always had these certain whatever, you know, parameters that things had to be done to whatever certain level, certain way, which was great. Even if you couldn't uh, achieve, you couldn't achieve that. And, but my mom, she would come in with this different side and she would say like, 
look, no regrets when you do your best. So she's like, if all you could give was 10% because you were sick or whatever, and you gave that 10%, she says, that's equal to 100. And she says, there's no regrets because you gave your best. No one could ask any more of you at that point in time because you gave what you had at that time. And that was your best. So there's no need to have any regrets. So she's like, don't let people shame you or whatever. Cool. Great it. Great advice. And the thing is, you know what? Inside, we know when we've done our best and when we haven't, right? And so, but when we're always putting our best forward, then we don't have any regrets. All right. So I need you to take that with you into 2020 when we're talking about walking in your power, walking in your awesomeness, walking in your greatness. You know, as we're going through the, the, the different steps, okay? So the first one is you, you got to be aware, Okay. So once you come into the awareness that something happened, this is the next thing you got to do. You've got to do the defining and the discovery. And the reason I say this, because oftentimes when I'm working with male survivors, how you define what happened to you can either accelerate or prolong reclaiming your life or recovery. Okay. However you define what happened to you can either accelerate or prolong. And so that's why it's important to actually work through that phase. And that's the reason we have a whole course on that. But then once that happens, it's like, okay, so then, then what comes next? Well, this is where the reality comes in. And this is where now I have to admit, of course, that what happens to me, but it's not just that. It's like, now I've got to start. The reality is I got to start examining the cost. What is it going to be like in order to start working through the processes? Where am I going to find competent help to help me? Do I want to find someone, you know, who can actually relate to the things that I've been going through? Um, maybe someone who has the book knowledge, but maybe they don't have the experience. You got to take all these things into consideration. Uh, here's another survivor I'll, I'll share with you. So I had a survivor and he was on the verge. Well, not on the verge. He was actually in the hospital because he had uh, attempted suicide. And he had been to therapists, he had been to counselors, uh, just all different type of things. And uh, I think actually, uh, I think his testimony was actually on the on the website. If not, I'll, I'll put it up. And so he had talked about, you know, all the counselors and stuff that he had went to, but he was, he was lying there, of course, in the hospital bill, in the bed. And his wife had did some research, and of course she, she, found, she found me in the work that I was doing. And I asked him, because now years later, he's doing, he's doing great. He's doing awesome. He's doing wonderful. Once again, he has his own, own business, you know, just creating his world. And so I asked him, I said, so, you know, you went to therapists and those different type of things. So what was it about the program that you went through with me that was different? And he says, this is what was different. He says, of all the people that I worked with, he's like, I could resonate and relate with you because you had been abused also sexually abused and he says so I knew that you could relate to me I knew that you understood how that felt wow okay so for him in walking into his greatness when he needed to find someone who was competent he needed to find someone who had had the experience who could also relate to the experience all right, so 2020, stepping into that greatness, 
one, we got to be aware. Okay, so like we said, aware something happened. But then once we get to that, we got to define and discover what was going on. Then we got to step into the reality, right? So admit, what is it going to take? What is it going to take for me to be this whole person that I want to be? And oftentimes I find that the law survivors don't step into that place. All right, here's the next one. Now you've got to do the work, okay? You got to do the work, step four, if you want to call it. So this is now where we're dealing with the issues. We're dealing with the ramifications. We're dealing with our defensive coping mechanisms that have now become dysfunctional habits, right? And for those of you on the website, you notice that's number, that's number three, right? And so, or stage three. And oftentimes, like I tell people, this is one of the most difficult phases, especially if we are in environments where our defensive coping mechanisms have become so dysfunctional that they're not just ruining our lives, but they're ruining other people's lives. They're ruining our family, kids, wives, spouse, work, right? Those different type of things. Um, I shared with uh, you guys, um, I think it was in the past back, on the story, I had one survivor that I was working with. And his defensive coping mechanisms were so entrenched that for him, they were just normal, right? He couldn't even really tell the difference. Now, he was, I'm going to call him a high-powered millionaire because he was a multi-millionaire, but he was actually going to uh, an interview for a job for, I think it was like executive something, whatever, for this company. And so he actually flew me... <laughs> flew me out to the interview to sit in the interview with him as he's being interviewed, whatever, for this job so that then we could do a debrief and I could tell him if there was things that I could see that maybe he, 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 he couldn't, right? And I said, for me, it was just like, you know, doing my master's again and sitting there and doing clinical uh, observation. And so I, I watched him and just took a few notes as he was interviewed. And it was kind of neat because I was, it was like being a fly on the wall, so I wasn't right up in his face, you know, it was kind of a big office, so I was just sitting kind of back in, in the corners, trying to be just as, you know, as less intrusive as impossible. And so then after the interview, I did a, a, did a debrief with him. And I said, man, I said, did you notice this and this and this? And he's like, no, he's like, I'm totally oblivious. I'm like, okay, so then let's do some work I said, because these defensive coping mechanisms are now actually dysfunctional habits. And so we've got to break those habits, right? And so we did, and we did some, some work on those for a couple, a couple of months. And then actually he went back, and I think he did a different interview, right? And it went totally well. Right. The, the first one I could see, oh, man, we've got some things we need to work on. But that's what we mean we're talking about doing the work. And that work isn't always easy. It isn't all it isn't always um, enjoyable. Uh, if you read the website, you'll notice there's one of my clients there and he says and he was from Australia. Right. And I was working with him. And he said because of some of the homework assignments and those different type of things, he felt like punching me. And sometimes, you know, that's how when we're talking about coping, it comes out. No, he wouldn't do that. And I know he wouldn't do that. And and then he said, of course, in his testimony, he says, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Of course, he says, Thomas, of course, is a martial arts instructor, so he would, <laughs> he would never do that. But that's how it is. All right. So awareness, we're aware. Defining and discovery, 
Okay. Now we're stepping into the reality. We stepped into doing the work. Now here's the other thing that we have to do. And that is we have to make sure that we accept. Now what I mean by accept, this is a hard one I find and one of the hardest I find for male survivors. And that's because, like I said, who we were meant to be, created to be, has been distorted. And now we have this distorted version of who we are. When I say stepping into this phase of accept, what I mean is being able to accept the support, being able to accept the love, being able to realize and feel that you actually belong, being able to accept safety. You know, oftentimes as survivors, the L-O-V-E word is a difficult one. And it's oftentimes, you know, like we can't even use that word because for them, the abuse took place in a context supposedly where there was love, right? But it wasn't, right? It was someone actually betrayal. There was someone actually violating you. And maybe it's being called love. So it has this whole totally different meaning. But when we're talking about that, accept and stepping into that greatness, we have to get to the point as survivors where we can actually accept love, where we can accept support, where we feel like we belong, where we can build those networks and where we can know that we are safe. All right. So that's I'm going to call that stage four of stepping into our power. OK, now, number five. OK. Number five, we've got to tap into our strength, okay? Tap into our strength. Call it strength, power, whatever. But what that is, is when you get to step five, we've been working through a lot of stuff. And whether you realize it or not, there's a lot of strength and power to work through those issues that you've been developing as you have been working through all those stages of awareness, defining and discovery, reality, doing the work, accepting. And so now we take all those things that we've actually gathered and all the strength and power that we have been using as we go through these different stages. And now, if you want to say, we exponentially magnify them in our lives. Okay. This is what we talk about. And so when I'm sharing with you the stories, these are where these guys are at. Actually, they're probably at stage six, too, because they're also starting to help others, right? So to work through their cycles. So let's say for uh, Alex, what he does also now is that he and his family, like it is once a year, they actually, they go to India and they help abuse children. Okay. So totally, number five, he tapped into that strength, tapped into that power, all the stuff that he used to work through and, and get through his issues. Now he's magnifying that by stepping into the next step, which is by helping others. So I want you just to think about those things as we step into this new year. What are you going to do to step into your greatness, to step into your power? Okay. I'm not saying this from an arrogant perspective. I'm saying this from a place of confidence with humility. Okay. Not narcissism, but confidence with humility. I need you to work through and discover your strengths. I need you to work in a point where you're working no regrets because you're doing your best. And all I want to say is 
if that's kind of a goal for you for 2020 and you want a place, you want a safe place where you can do this, where you can be aware, where you can define what happened to you, where we can talk about the reality, where we can do the work, a place where you know that you belong, a place where you're accepted, a place where you can build a network. And then by going through all that, that you can tap into your strength, tap into your power, right? And then by your world changing, also change the world of others. Safe place for men. Safeplaceformen.com. All right, guys, that's it for today. Hey, just thank you for allowing me to kind of just share what's on my heart today. Um, thank you for, thank you, Alex. Thank you, John. Uh, those that are actually you know, whatever your new year you're sending in, how things are going, blast for the past for me. You know, I'm hoping that one day I can actually get all the, the survivors and stuff that I worked with. We can actually come together and just do kind of like, um, I don't know, like a, a get together conference, whatever. You know what? And I would love for you to be there. So if you've got work to do, let's do the work. 19 million. Come on, you guys. Let's think about what this would look like if all of us were to step into our greatness. All right, until next time.